the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everybody, it's another Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer is we open up with Dokken the Hunter from uh, the Under Lock and Key album, which was their third album, fourth album, uh, somewhere in nineteen eighty six, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, Dokken actually just played over the weekend at Starland Ballroom. No, I did not attend because right now, currently, as you're listening to this, I am in San Diego, so I'm actually a couple of hours behind you. Uh, as you're listening to this program at 11 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday night. Actually, yeah, Eastern, yeah, 11 Eastern because it's daylight savings time. We sprung ahead and all that other good stuff or whatever. But um, the bottom line is I am in California right now enjoying some delicious San Diego beer at the very end of their San Diego Beer Week. Uh, I am flying back on Monday and will be back on air on the Joe Piscopo Show on Wednesday, actually. So uh, having a lot of fun out here. It is a great time. We'll review uh, all of San Diego, uh, you know, and what I did out in San Diego with my best friend coming up on next week's program. But we have a lot of news and notes to get to and a great craft beer ge- beer guest that's going to be joining me a little bit later uh, in the hour. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, email com, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows on those platforms as well as Odyssey, uh, Alexa, uh, iHeartRadio, and, of course, the Hopped Up Network. Head over to thehoppedupnetwork.com. You can listen to the podcast version of the show right after it airs. A couple minutes afterwards, you can download it and listen to it at your leisure. Coming up in 20 minutes, public offering brewing founder Cody Higginbottom is going to join me. His brewery in Denver, Colorado, opening up very soon this month, in fact. I will get you the details on that. And so much more coming up in just 20 minutes. Uh, as we've been talking about all along, Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival, June 3rd and 4th, Bader Field. Tickets on sale December 1st for just the beer. The artists will be announced coming up late January, early February. Again, June 3rd and 4th, Bader Field. It is a great time. You want to spend a gazillion dollars on other events that are going to be happening in Atlantic City on the beach? Go ahead and do that. You know what you're going to get for your purchase price? See the band. That's it. You don't get food. You don't get drinks. You don't get nothing. You purchase tickets here for the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival, Music Festival. You get music. You get beer for four hours. Uh, you don't get food. You got to pay separate for that, of course. But you have a great time with a lot of great friends. It is a blast. I've been doing it for a long time. John Henderson puts on an amazing event 
Be there. It is worth it. The long-awaited, highly anticipated annual event of Dark Wednesday is going to take place in the Victory Tap Rooms on Wednesday, November 23rd. They've got three specialty beers that will be featured this year. I'll give you the lineup in just a second. Their Kenneth Square location just reopened, so kudos to Victory Beer. Remember, we had talked about it last year. There was a fire at the building. It had been shut down, uh, but now it is back and reopened. Bill Kovalevsky, the... um, the co-founder of Victory Beer uh, posted some uh, pictures on Instagram on that. So, Bill, kudos to you and your crew for getting that tap room up and running again. So here's the three specialty beers that will be featured in the uh, Victory Tap Rooms coming up on November 23rd. Dark Velvet, which, of course, is the night before Thanksgiving. Dark Velvet, it's an 8.7% Imperial Oatmeal Stout with tart cherries. Um, the Coffee Blondale, that's a 7% Blondale featuring Kohana Coffee. Uh, it is a vanilla aroma balanced by... A chocolate and pecan forward aftertaste. So there you go. And then finally, Dark Thunderstorm King. It's a 9.1% Imperial Stout with coconut and coffee. It's toasted coconut and coffee meets the dense, dark chocolate flavors of Storm King to deliver an indulgent twist on this beloved Imperial Stout. Not only are they pouring these limited releases, they're also going to have a chef brunch with pairings, live music, spirits, and more. And they hope to see you the night before Thanksgiving, their dark Wednesday event. Very cool from our friends at Victory Beer. Keeping it in Pennsylvania, Trogues has announced the release of Blizzard of Hops. It is out now, their fan favorite winter IPA. It's a great beer. Uh, The seasonal beer has been a mainstay of the Hershey, Pennsylvania Brewery's Hop Cycle IPA series since its inception in 2014. Uh, Brewing with enlivening bitterness, Blizzard of Hops evokes notes of spruce tips, pineapple, and orange rind, thanks to a combination of Centennial, Chinook, and El Dorado Hops. Uh, as Brewmaster co-founding brother John Trogner says, in the winter, people's taste buds deaden down and they tend to eat richer and fattier foods. In my mind, there's a need for bitterness on the beer side to balance that out. It is a foundation of Pilsner malt and wheat. It clocks in at 6.4% ABV. It's available in 12-ounce bottles and cans, as well as half and uh, one-sixth kegs everywhere Trogue's beer is sold. Now, as I mentioned, we're going to have Cody Higginbottom on uh, in about uh, about 15 minutes. Uh, and Public Offering Brewing Company, which is located at 1736 South Broadway in Denver, Colorado. Pleased to announce their grand opening celebration will take place Friday, November 18th through Sunday, November 20th. The weekend-long bash will include a variety of public offering beers, food trucks, as well as brewery tours and live music from Lola Rising on Saturday. So um, Cody has had some stop-and-go nature uh, the past few months. And, uh, you know, listen, that's to be understood during the midst of a pandemic. But now you've got inflation. You've got all kinds of other things. We'll talk to Cody about that uh, a little bit later on. On Saturday, November 19th, the brewery is going to be hosting informal brewery tours. Guests can take in views of the 10-barrel brew house. It's enclosed with floor-to-ceiling windows. In addition, live music, as I said, from island folk rock band Lola Rising from 4 to 6 p.m. They'll have a bunch of fruit trucks there as well. Uh, And in terms of beer, Public Offering intends to use and highlight as many local ingredients as possible, focusing on hop-forward beers, but there'll also be a diverse tap list featuring crisp, malty, roasted, tart, and fruited offerings across a variety of styles. There are hours of operation Tuesday through Sunday. They're closed on Mondays in addition to a 2,000-square-foot back patio. Public Offering also has parking available to the south of Corvus Coffee Roasters. So kudos to Public Offering and Cody Higginbottom. We will talk to him coming up in a little bit. Now, here was an interesting um, PR release that I got. 
And I wonder if anybody's used this. They're now expanding into New Jersey. Saucy, they're a leading alcohol delivery platform. It offers scheduled delivery straight to your doorstep. Announced recently the launch of its service into New Jersey. The expansion brings the alcohol delivery app to over 28 zip codes, including cities like Newark, Hoboken, Fairfield, and even my town in Clark. I think that's the very edge of where they deliver right now. Um, Their new service area will extend their already existing zoning in New York City. Company plans to continue growing their service capabilities throughout New Jersey and Rochester. Residents of the New Jersey area now invited to browse Saucy's menu for a wide range of liquor and convenience store items to be delivered within a chosen scheduled time frame. Now, selections include ice-cold beer, spirits, uh, cigarettes, vapes, snacks and mixers like chips, ice cream, as well as margarita mix. Saucy's VP of Operations, Chris Schoen, says... We're thrilled to expand into New Jersey. It's an important market and carries a uniqueness from New York where a wider variety of categories can be offered, like beer. We're looking forward to bringing these new opportunities to adults in New Jersey so they, too, can experience top-notch on-demand delivery with Saucy. They operate in over 1,000 cities and 19 states, including areas like Miami, Florida, and Arlington, Virginia. They're also expanding their service uh, very soon into various cities of Colorado, Missouri, and expanding further into Texas, uh, saucy.com slash alcohol dash delivery dash New Jersey uh, to shop. So I checked out the site and I said to myself, all right, let me see. Uh, they'll deliver beer, they'll deliver spirits. So obviously they're partnering up with liquor stores and the like. And I figured, okay, so I'll bet you the selections are probably just minimal stuff, um, you know, an assortment of vodkas, an assortment of wines and et cetera, et cetera, and beers and probably macro beers. But to my surprise... Saucy was offering craft beer. Now, again, I'm assuming this is from whatever liquor store that they're using based on your area, right? So, um, and I saw some beers in there from a lot of local breweries. Some I, I questioned because there was one beer that I saw in there where that's a can from last year, so buyer beware. And I don't really know if you can, you know, if you're a beer guy like me, you'd know. If you're not, you probably wouldn't. So, that's where I would be a little careful and cautious. But what's interesting is that they're offering craft beer for home delivery. Now, I have to talk to some craft beer folks in New Jersey. I don't have knowledge on this. And I think this is part of the fight that they're having. They want to make home delivery permanent, uh, the craft breweries in New Jersey. I'm wondering if an app like this, like Saucy, undermines that fact, where a liquor store will be able to deliver your beer uh, to your home. Now, obviously, somebody 21 and older has to be there. You can't, you know... My 19-year-old couldn't sign uh, for my beer, and they're not supposed to leave the package. So I wonder what will happen here. I I give Saucy all the credit in the world. Kudos to them. I hope it works out. Uh, But I thought it was interesting when I was clicking on it um, that you could order, you could pick any type of beer. Now, the prices, you know, some are high, some are not. But, I mean, they had founders CBS. CBS hasn't been out in years. That beer has been sitting on a shelf probably somewhere for five or six years. Now, is it any good? I have no idea. But again, that's one of those things, buyer beware. Um, I like to go to a liquor store and get my beer. If I'm buying it directly from a brewery, <coughs> excuse me, I know it's going to be fresh. But I don't know. I would wonder. I would wonder about that. So again, you know, buyer beware. Now, when we come back after a short break, we're going to have more news and notes from around the beer world. Again, I'm in San Diego right now. Uh, this was taped uh, much earlier than that, so I can't really give you the full experience of San Diego. Uh, but if you follow me on Instagram at Catulo, you will certainly see pictures of what is going on with me and my best friend as we spend a, a short period of time uh, in beautiful Southern California, which, t- for my money, San Diego, probably one of the best places 
to vacation. It's such an awesome place. And if you're a craft brewing, uh, craft beer aficionado, it's definitely the place to be. Uh, we'll talk uh, more news and notes coming up after the break. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. Smile like you mean it from the Killers. Hot Fuss. I think this was their first album, uh, way back in the early two uh, thousands. I got into this band very late, uh, and I've never seen them in concert. Although, you know, folks tell me that I should go uh, without a doubt uh, to go and see them. And they just played at the Garden. I don't know. It was like a month, month and a half ago, or whatever. And I missed it only because. The tickets were outrageously expensive, and I have a big issue uh, trying to um, or give Jim Dolan uh, my money in any way, uh, shape, or form for a concert because I just think he charges way too much for concerts. That's just me. Hey, how can you follow me? I haven't talked about that in a while. It's easy. Go to Twitter, at Al Gattulo, if you're still on there, if you're a fan of Elon Musk or not. Uh, Instagram, at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. The old-fashioned way, email albert g at nycradio.com, iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Odyssey, iHeart, Hopped Up Network. Do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the show on all of those uh, platforms, uh, and you can check it out and listen to it whenever you feel like. I don't do the TikTok thing. I don't do the other stuff. It's just too, I don't know, you want to say I'm a curmudgeonly old man? So be it. Uh, Coming up in just about 10 minutes, Public Offering Brewing founder Cody Higginbottom will join me. His brewery in Denver, Colorado, opening very soon, uh, just uh, in another about a week or so. Uh, We'll chat about that and some other stuff with him coming up in just about 10 minutes of now. Uh, I've been mentioning this the last couple of weeks. The boys at Bolero Snort are at it again November 19th. They're hosting their first ever Festival of Friendship, featuring 10-plus tap lines of collabs from some of their friends, live music from Unexplained Bacon and Newton Crosberry in the afternoon, and the release of the 2022 Bergen County Bull Stout line. The tap list and more details are coming in the in the coming weeks, but right now, uh, Source, Conclave, and Gearblock are on the list of collabs. There will be others. Uh, I will be there on Saturday the 19th. Not sure what time I'm getting there. Um, might be a little after the opening. I know they open at noon, uh, but I'll definitely be there for uh, for a couple hours uh, hanging in. And uh, if you're by uh, Carlstadt, uh, drop by, right by MetLife Stadium. You'll enjoy it. Trust me. Uh, great beers. Uh, from the guys at Bolero. California wineries are using leftover grape skins to make another varietal that is becoming more and more popular. It's called Picket, uh, and it's made from the unused solids after wine is made. Instead of throwing the pumice away or using it as compost in their vineyards, wineries are starting to make Picket out of it. The solids are steeped with water in a tank where they ferment, making it a kind of wine tea that's usually under 10% alcohol by volume. As for the flavor, it's dry but carbonated. Most say it's an acquired taste. Wine tea. Very interesting. Never had it. Um, 
I'm not sure if I would uh not sure if I'd want to have it, uh, to be quite honest with you. Uh a new study revealing binge drinking is to blame for twenty percent of the deaths of United States adults between the ages of twenty and forty nine. Now this study was conducted before the pandemic. It was a recent four-year period. It was published last week. Researchers examined national and state mortality data from 2015 to 2019, again, before the pandemic, noting that deaths fully attributable to alcohol have risen in the past decade. Excessive alcohol use is a leading preventable cause of premature death that can induce ailments such as heart disease, cancer, unintentional injury, and liver disease. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, an estimated one in six adults binge drink which is classified as four or more drinks in one sitting for a woman, five or more drinks for a man with a quarter of them binge drinking at least weekly. That's some serious stuff. Five or more drinks for a man, four or more for a woman. You ask why. I'm sure it's the weight difference uh, and how alcohol is processed in the body. That's, um, That's some serious stuff. I don't know if I actually binge drink. I don't have more than... Two or three beers on a weekend on a on a weekend night, maybe four, but spread out over a period of time. It's not I'm not banging them back one right after the other. Maybe when I'm on vacation, I'll indulge a little bit, but that's interesting. Very interesting. But listen, it's news. Gotta get it to you. Uh listen, I had a great time last Saturday at Screaming Hill Brewery in Cream Ridge, New Jersey for the back road ramble. The zero point five walk to trounce hunger. Uh, This was the day before the New York City Marathon. Two great organizations supported for this walk, New Jersey Farms Against Hunger and America's Grow a Row. You can donate to both of these organizations. Just head over to americasgrowarow.org or njagsociety.org. There's donate links. Click on them. You can donate whatever you want. I ended up donating some money to the event uh, because I did not walk in the race. Um, America's Grow a Row. Uh, they used the help of 9,000 volunteers donating 10 million servings or 2.5 million pounds of fresh farm produce to hunger relief agencies, uh, including the Community Food Bank in New Jersey, the City Harvest in New York City, Phil Abundance in Philadelphia, and a bunch of under-resourced neighborhoods, free farm markets in Camden, Jersey City, East Orange, Newark, Morristown, Philadelphia, Trenton, among others. It's, uh, that's a great organization. And then uh, New Jersey Farms Against Hunger... These people, they take volunteers and they go to different farms that can't sell certain produce or uh, um, fruits and vegetables because they're bruised, they're damaged, but still edible, but they just can't sell them. They collect that stuff and then they bring them to food banks around New Jersey and give them out so that people can reuse them or use them, uh, which is really, really cool. So two great organizations. Uh, Now, what was great about the event, the weather was beautiful. It was in the 70s and sunny. More teams... Uh, showed up this time. It was over 40 teams. Uh, everybody was carving up, drinking beer, eating bagels, getting themselves ready. The costumes from the folks signing up, though, hysterical. One team was the A team. A bunch did a Top Gun theme, which I thought was kind of funny. The funniest, though, was not one, but three teams came dressed as one of the brewers, Greg. Greg has these huge gray mutton chops, if you've ever been to Screaming Hill. It was hysterical to see these folks show up. Uh, bagpipes to kick it off. Um, and then finally, the Slim Shadies were the eventual winner uh, of the, uh, the the back road ramble. It was uh, a lot of fun um, and a great time. November tasting hours at uh, the brewery. Uh, Fridays, 3 to 8 now. Saturdays, noon to 5. On Thanksgiving Eve, the uh, barn will be open from 3 to 8. And on Sunday, November 27th, which is Christmas tree cutting day from noon to 5, uh, if you want to head over to Screaming Hill Brewery in Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Brett and, and all the guys, Greg and all the guys there, Thanks so much for you, uh, for uh, hosting me. 
Thanks so much for having me there. It was a fun event. Next year, as I said, I'm bringing a team down because I want to kick people's butt. I want to come out with an outrageous costume and just have some fun. It was so much fun. Screaming Hill Brewery, you got to check them out. A couple minutes past Great Adventure uh, down in Cream Ridge, New Jersey. Modern Times uh, has finally officially uh, been uh, taken over by Maui Brewing, but they have now closed another one of their satellite facilities. The Leisure Town venue in Anaheim has now closed for good. Um, this was a 31,000-square-foot complex. They had tons of stuff. They had a swimming pool, all kinds of different things. Obviously, um, you know, way too expensive. Maui wants to cut back a little bit in terms of, of, of those things. Still maintaining the great beer uh, that's produced by modern times, but time to pull it back uh, just a, a little bit. So, uh, there you go. So the, the Leisure Town facility is closed. Our friends from our mutual friend brewing company and a brand new coffee roaster, Color Drop Coffee in Denver, uh, are releasing Boundary Beyond. It's an imperial coffee stout as well as a dark roast coffee on Saturday, November 19th over at our mutual friend brewing in Denver, Colorado. Coffee Drop, uh, Color Drop Coffee, 20 years of experience, uh, coffee specialty coffee roasting, including quality assurance at one of the largest coffee importers in America. So these two guys came together. Listen to this. Boundary Beyond 13.5% ABV Imperial Coffee Stout, brewed with Color Drop Coffee and Troubadour Malt. The combination of specialty malt and craft coffee provides big, bold flavors of fresh espresso, dark chocolate, and caramel. The limited edition release will be available on draft at, at OMF, as well as in 12-ounce cans. I have to see if I can get a can of this. This sounds, I mean, 13.5%. Oh, my goodness. And I'd love to try the coffee. Uh, it's a super limited release. It's available at OMF on the 19th in 12-ounce bags. The collaboration coffee will also be available in early December on Color Drop's website. Again, the beer and the coffee will be available at OMF starting on Saturday, November 19th. And then finally, Tilray Brands uh, has acquired Montauk Brewing Company, uh, which is very interesting. Um, They are in, and I did not know this, they have distribution over 6,400 places, including Target, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Stop and Shop, King Cullen, Walmart, 7-Eleven, Costco, BJ's, and Speedway. Montauk Brewing now joins uh, Tilray's growing U.S. beverage alcohol segment. Tilray's uh, company is cannabis. But now, which I didn't know this, Tilray has Sweetwater Brewing Company, the 10th largest craft brewer in the nation with distribution across more than 40 states. They also have the Alpine and Green Flash, Southern California brands, and the leading lifestyle bourbon and spirits brand, Breckenridge Distillery. Uh, They also appointed uh, beverage, uh, beverage industry executive uh, Ty Gilmore as president of Tilray's U.S. beer business, a newly created position. I did not know that they were uh, that they owned Sweetwater, and I didn't know that they owned Alpine and Greenflash. Although it made sense when I saw uh, massive beer reviews getting beer from both Sweetwater and Alpine and Greenflash, so that makes sense that they've you know, and they're sending stuff out to people. I have to get in touch with Tilray and uh, see how I can go about getting some. Uh, Green Flash beer, because eventually they're going to be in the New York area again if they're going to be pushing out their West Coast stuff. Interesting. You know, listen, it's a business, uh, and you're in a business to make money. That's the bottom line. When we come back after a short break, public offering uh, brewing founder Cody Higginbottom will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Hope you're having a great 
uh, Sunday evening or whatever day that you're listening to this program. Um, right now, I am approximating that I am somewhere, well, let's see, it would be three hours earlier of me listening to this interview if I was listening live. So that would be around 8.30 at night. So I'm probably somewhere in a bar in San Diego somewhere drinking some delicious craft beer. Not too much because I have an early flight uh, on Monday morning. But right now joining me uh, is the founder of a brewery in Denver, Colorado, that I'll be having its grand opening in just a few weeks, Friday, November 18th to be exact. For more info, just head over to publicofferingbrewing.com. Let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast for the first time on AM 970, The Answer, Cody Higginbottom. Cody, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me, Al. You got it. Now, why the name Public Offering Brewing? Obviously, there's a story behind it. Why don't you tell the listeners that story? Uh, yeah, so I uh, was working with uh, a, a marketing friend, um, and obviously there it's hard to find a name that um, you can still trademark these days in, in the brewery world. Um, and it was a little bit of a play. Um, you know, the, the ultimate goal um, was to create a brewery that, you know, wasn't, my brewery, it was the brewery for the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to make the brewery feel like it was uh, everyone kind of had their stake in it. Um, and so it also was a little bit of a play of my uh, background in finance. Um, okay. But uh, ultimately, the goal is to just have everyone feel like this brewery is theirs. Okay. Well, I, now I'm going to assume, Cody, that the plan for opening a brewery was in the planning stages way before the pandemic started. And I'm sure that the pandemic, and now. I mean, we could safely say post-pandemic has affected uh, the opening date because I noticed on some of your Instagram pages you were mentioning how, hey, we're finally uh, getting ready to open. Was was the problem getting permits? Was it supply chain issues, uh, hiring folks to work, or a combination of all of those things that affected the opening of the building? Uh, mostly all those things. We had, uh, yeah, you know, like you said, I started this a long time ago. Um, the, the permit process here in Denver is, is uh, pretty lengthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that took a long time before we could even start construction. Um, and then as we got further further along in construction, <clears throat> we didn't have too many supply chain issues until the very end with our electrical panel. Okay. Um, and we were just missing a couple of key components, so that, you know, really started to push things off. Um, and then uh, we had a couple issues with some of our final inspections and having to go back into the city um, to kind of, I guess, modify a couple of permits. Um, so it was, you know, much longer than, than I had ever anticipated. Um, but we're, we're almost there. So I'm I'm excited. And and I'm wondering, you know, that's, that's an interesting thing because, um, there was another brewery in New Jersey that opened a couple of years ago, just before the pandemic started, they had a similar issue where they were about to open. And then all of a sudden the, the, the town came to them and basically said, Oh no, the electrical company says you need to put this in. And they had to, uh, somehow find $20,000 to put this uh, this box in in order to make sure that power would, would stay on for the residents that were surrounding the brewery. So sometimes, um, you know, those costs, those hidden costs or whatever, you don't really uh, necessarily factor in or don't expect those things to factor in. So that's, you know, that's one thing. But I'm glad that you guys have gotten over those issues and are getting set to open. We're talking with Cody Higginbottom. He's the founder of Public Offering Brewing based in Denver, Colorado. The grand opening set for... Uh, Friday, November 18th. For more info, just head over to publicofferingbrewing.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer now, unlike some breweries in Denver, Cody, you won't be serving food. However, you're going to be doing food trucks on the weekends. Will the food trucks be there on a rotating basis? It'll be different trucks? 
Yeah, so we've uh, my tap room manager has has done a good job of uh, scheduling out a lot of food trucks. So I think that right now our schedule will have food trucks kind of every every day Thursday through Sunday. Okay. Um, we've got a parking just off to the the side of the building, and and in the back there's a spot for the food trucks to to park and, and set up. So, and and you mentioned that the you wanted the brewery to be sort of I don't want to say owned by the public, but the public has their say. In, in the types of beers that you brew. But what is the signature style of beer for public offering brewing at its start? Obviously, it's going to change uh, as you move along. But what is the, the signature style at, when you open on the 19th? What's that style going to be? Uh, we'll focus, you know, primarily on, on hoppy beers. I'd like to say that, you know, our, our menu, I'd like to have about 60% of the, the, the taps dedicated to hoppy beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, uh, you know, what small adjustments that I, I made into the, the brew house that we have um, were, were with hoppy beers in mind. Um, so that's kind of what our focus will be on. But like you said, we're going to kind of see what the neighborhood uh, responds to and and, um, and change if we need to. Got it. And how many taps uh, to start? Uh, we I'm hoping to have six beers on draft. It could be five depending on how the schedule plays out. Um, but our draft tower does have capacity for 16. Oh, 16. That's great. We're talking with Cody yeah. Higginbottom, the founder of Public Offering Brewing, based in Denver, Colorado. Grand opening set for Friday, November 18th. For more info, just head over to publicofferingbrewing.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And as I was looking over your website, Cody, uh, you'll be brewing some gluten-free and gluten-reduced options. What made you go that route for some of your beers? Because that's not really the norm for a lot of breweries uh, to do some gluten-free stuff and gluten-reduced options right off the bat. Well, we won't have we we won't we have gluten free offerings. It's not produced here. Um, okay. It's through another another brewery here located in, in Denver in Colorado called Hall Daily. Um, gluten reduced. You know, we'll use uh, an enzyme that helps lower uh, the gluten content. Um, I certainly am not testing these beers, so there's no guarantee what that you know, how much the the gluten is reduced. Um, but we are we will be adding an enzyme to a couple of, of beers um, to at least provide that option. And, and let me ask you, Cody: Are you brewing the beers? Are you the brewmaster, or did you hi- did you bring in somebody to do the beer? I'm assuming that because you wanted to get into beer, because obviously you've home brewed and you know you've enjoyed the process. But are you are you the bre- are you the brewmaster of the brewery, or did you bring somebody in? No, I am. I am the one brewer. Um, I do have from a, a, a mutual contact, um, John McClure, who used to uh, be the head brewer, um, kind of head of production and, and operations over at Fall, um, excuse me, Rock Bottom Brewing. Okay. So he's come in on a couple of uh, batches just to kind of help out and, and uh, kind of walk me through anything that I might be missing or just his thoughts and, and, and help. So he's been a huge uh <clears throat> Huge help just in, in providing some guidance and, and kind of working through a few kinks that we've run into as we uh, have started to, to brew. Yeah, because that's interesting. I mean, when you're when you're brewing at a certain scale, when you're brewing just for friends or whatever, the recipe is a certain recipe, and you continue to follow that recipe each time that you do it. Now you're upscaling to brew for a mass amount of people, so the numbers have to be obviously different. So you know, sometimes it's good to be able to look at look to somebody else who's done that on a large scale basis to be able to. Um, to brew those beers at a you know for a, lo- a larger audience. So, and I'm assuming that as you start when you open, brew uh, you know the beers are going to be for consumption only uh, in your building. You'll have some stuff you know like growlers and stuff to take home, but you're not planning on doing any canning of the beers uh, to start, correct? 
certainly not out of the gate now. Everything will just be on purpose. Um, but like you said, we will. We do have a crawler machine, um, so we'll offer crawlers to go as well. Okay. Now, last question for me, Cody. If there is someone out there listening right now, and they're in the midst of opening a brewery or, or thinking about opening a brewery during this time, what's the one lesson through the entire process of opening the brewery that you've learned that you want to give that advice to somebody that may be listening right now? <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, you know, it, I guess it's almost twofold. Um, I think you just have to expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, I'd also say that time is, can be your best friend and your worst enemy. Um, I, you know, it, it requires a, a ton of patience just to get through the process. Um, and at the same time, um, you know, sometimes you just, it's, it's fits and starts almost. So all of a sudden it's just go, 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 go. And all of a sudden you feel like you have no time to get anything done. Uh, Cause you're just in such a rush to, to keep moving forward. Right. Um, and and you feel like, and you, the way I mean the way you were saying it you were at that you know like ready to go and then you got stopped by a couple of little things that you had to go back for so that has to be frustrating but you're you're saying yeah, you know exactly. you got to expect that exactly yeah I mean it's just the it's just the, the way at least for us here in Denver that's just that's just the nature of the beast right now um, and like you're saying I think the hardest thing is you you can only go so far you know until and then the next step. Um, you know, it depends on where you are in the process. And all of a sudden, when you get to that step, sometimes you have a lot of time to kind of figure it out. And other times, it's just like you just have to go. Right. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of one of the things that we certainly dealt with. Um, Denver won't allow you to brew any beer until you're, you officially have your certificate of occupancy. And so we couldn't really do much uh, in the brew house, kind of learn the idiosyncrasies of the system um, until we had that that. CEO from the city, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, I need to start getting beers and tanks. Right. So. You're, you're, you're at the finish line, but not at the finish line, and you want to get started, and you can't, and you won't know if the equipment exactly. is actually going to be brewing the stuff that you want until you get to that point. I can certainly understand that. There's a number of breweries in New Jersey that are trying to get to that last step and having an issue with the with the state government of trying to get final permits and pr- approvals and stuff, so I can certainly understand that. My guest has been Cody Higginbottom, founder of Public Offering Brewing based in Denver, Colorado. The grand opening, it's Friday, November 18th. They're going to have food trucks, music, all kinds of stuff. Go out and support these guys if you're in the Denver, Colorado area. For more info, just head over to publicofferingbrewing.com. Cody, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Best of luck with the brewery and the grand opening. Hey, thank you. Enjoy your your vacation in San Diego. I'm planning on doing that. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Sammy Hagar in the circle. That's called Slow Drain. I actually just got the album delivered to me uh, in, in the last week or so, and I haven't had a chance to uh, actually sit down and listen to it. But I will uh, when I get back from uh, San Diego. I definitely want to check it out. But it's funny, Sammy was in the news 
uh, just recently in an interview with Eddie Trunk on uh, his show on uh, Sirius XM Radio talking about, you know, will there be a, a reunion of Van Halen, a sort of celebration of Eddie Van Halen's life? And he basically said, he said, look, I can't answer that because I'm not with the band anymore. And the only one who could answer that is Alex Van Halen because Alex runs the band. It all goes through him. And I guess Sammy and Alex have not spoken. They have not uh, mended fences. Um, so he basically said it's whatever Alex wants to do. And I have not heard anything. So, uh, you know, he's not wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that it's, uh, you know, this is an Alex thing of whether or not he wants to do it or not. Wolfgang, uh, Eddie's son, as much said it. Uh, in an interview recently, basically said what you saw me playing uh, with the Foo Fighters tribute to Taylor Hawkins is probably the closest you're going to see to uh, any type of Van Halen being played uh, in the near future. It's just the way it is. There's a, there's a lot of dysfunction. Um, and it's not just with Sammy or Alex, David Lee Roth as well. Obviously, Michael Anthony is a part of this equation, but unfortunately, uh, it's not going to happen uh, anytime soon. Let's dive into Suds and Duds. Got plenty of beers to get to. Uh, one uh, beer that I picked up over at Wine Anthology uh, in my town of Clark, New Jersey, Departed Souls. I was looking for a stout that wasn't super strong, but, you know, easily drinkable, but something I wanted that roastiness, the coffee, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so I got the April Oatmeal Stout by Departed Souls, a solid stout for under 7%. Not getting a lot of vanilla, but it's there. Um, it's just not enough of it. I would li- I would have liked a little bit more, but creamy. It's a, It was a really delicious beer. I really enjoyed it. Um, glad that I had it. In fact, it was on tap at Paragon Tap and Table just recently. So if you haven't checked it out, you definitely want to check it out if you're in the area of Clark, New Jersey. Uh, our mutual friend brewing, um, the, the good folks there had sent me a bunch of stuff a while back, and I'm finally starting to parse my way through it. Uh, Yellow Vibrations, this is a Saison um, a made with honey. Uh, using uh, locally sourced honey. I really dug this a lot. The honey is wonderful throughout. Like, you really taste it from the first sip to the last sip. It really sort of builds uh, as you're going through. A delicious beer. And thanks to our friends from our mutual uh, friend brewing out in Colorado. Uh, Tom's River Brewing. Not had much from these guys. Uh, Did get a can of St. John's Irish Red Ale uh, from... Uh, Kim and Colleen at uh, Crack One at the Summit, if you want to follow them on Instagram. They post some great pictures, hiking, drinking beers, and, uh, you know, in the mountains and stuff, dogs. If you like dogs, follow them. Trust me, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Decent Ale, malty. Um, not great by any stretch of the imagination, but it was uh, it was pretty good. I was not expecting it to pour as dark as it did, um, but it, not a bad beer. Now, Nepenthe Brewing, which is something that Colleen had given me, Technoflora. Uh, this is a solid kettle sour. I got the key lime coconut big time in this. Hint of lemongrass and ginger, but the key lime and the coconut really shine through, and it almost reminded me of a key lime pie. I, I don't know if that's exactly what they were going for because obviously the lemongrass and ginger is in there to kind of give it that, um, I guess, sort of spring-summer feel to it. Um, it's a delicious beer. Don't get me wrong. I just felt like it was more key lime pie than anything else, but a really, really good beer. My buddy Greg had been at Trillium uh, not too long ago, and uh, he had gotten me a can of uh, peanut butter PM Dawn, which was absolutely delicious. Uh, and Or as I put it, set adrift on memory bliss. And if you know that line, then you know the, you know the song. Uh, the peanut butter is amazing. Silky smooth, just a delicious beer all the way throughout. Uh, really enjoyed it. Of course, Trillium puts out fantastic beers and then to follow up with that uh, a couple of treehouse beers 
which were amazing because he had made a stop at Treehouse and he said, you know, let's uh, let's do a trade off because I had given him a couple of beers and he called me. I was on my way to wet ticket with my wife. The suggestively sour had come out and um, he said to me, oh, you should have hung around. I know he was working. I didn't want to bother him. He works from home. And um, he said, yeah, dude, he says, you know, come back. He says, I got some stuff for you. I said, oh, OK, great. You know, what a, so I come back and he's got an assortment of Treehouse. So he gave me a couple of different cans. And so we dived in. Uh, Fields of Gold. Um, and as I wrote here on Untapped, and you can follow me on Untapped at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, uh, I wrote, you'll forget the sun in his jealous sky as we walk in fields of gold. Uh, from the Sting song from Ten Summoner's Tales, which happens to be one of my favorite Sting solo albums, this was delicious. And yes, it does remind me of the song. Uh, it is a great pale ale. Uh, and I'm not the biggest fan of pale ales in the world. Um, but I have to tell you, this was a really, really good beer. First of all, I love the can art. It's phenomenal. I would have bought it just for the can art. Um, but it's a great beer, uh, nonetheless. And then you are here from Treehouse. This is one of those tropical, sweet, you know, IPAs, that kind of hazy, you know, with that with that real juicy, juicy flavor to it. Uh, a delicious beer, uh, nonetheless. And, and listen, I, I may be biased, but everything that Treehouse puts out, um, I enjoy. Uh, there are, I, I think maybe there's one beer that I didn't care for, um, from Treehouse, and even that was a stretch. Even that was kind of like, all right, you know, it's it's good, you know. I'm still drinking. It's not like I wouldn't drink it. Um, and then I was at Paragon Tapping Table. I was picking up some uh, takeout food, and uh, Don behind the bar suggested he said, "Listen, you got to get you got to get a pour of this because it's going to be gone before you before you know it." Root and Branch Brewing, uh, Dead Men on Holiday. This is uh, the October 2022 Batch Seven uh, blend. Uh, oh my goodness gracious! Dank, juicy, delicious. Uh, I have not. I've seen these guys around. I know they're they're out of Long Island. I never took the the time to just do a little bit more research and say, "Oh, let's see if these guys are any good." They're now in Jersey. Wow, what an amazing beer! Speaking of which, Killsboro Brewing, I forgot, is now in New Jersey a little bit, and they were in Kenilworth at Ava's uh, Kitchen, which is a pizza bar I've not been to yet. I should have went. They did a tap takeover uh, about a week, week and a half ago, and I should have went. And, um, you know, unfortunately I didn't, and they did a stellar job. Apparently the pizza there is tremendous, so I, I, I have to get over there. But anyway, getting back to this uh, Root Branch Brewing, Dead Men on Holiday. What a fantastic beer. Good stuff. And I'm pretty sure the keg kicked shortly thereafter uh, when I was there getting a takeout. And then uh, Little Sip by Lawson's Finest Liquids uh, with proper glassware that they poured it in. A light little floral, very good. Um, I, I love everything that Lawson's does. Uh, they just do some uh, killer beers, and it's always good uh, when they're on tap uh, to have them because they do make uh, delicious beers. Sam Adams had sent me some uh, beers a couple of, about a month and a half ago. Um, I had their fest beer on Halloween uh, while I was waiting for the kids to get their treats. Sat out and enjoyed uh, a delicious fest beer uh, from Sam Adams. And then I had my last can of my Treehouse Hefeweizen uh, while waiting, and it was uh, it was well worth the wait. And then finally, for International Stout Day, which took place on the 3rd of November, uh, I had the probably the best coffee stout by Source Brewing. Um, this is a great beer. They use locally sourced coffee uh, in this beer. It's a smash pour type of beer. They want you to roll, you know, shake the can a little bit and then pour it hard into the can so you get that cascade and you get that head that rises up. Uh, a phenomenal beer. And, um, you know, Source, by the way, 
It's funny. I was in there a couple weeks ago. I had their Saku Saku, their um, uh, rice lager, which they ended up canning the following week. And I have to tell you, um, they were down to the nitty-gritty on beers because the business has been good and the weather has been good and cooperating. Uh, I mean, we just had 70 degrees, uh, you know, just this past Monday uh, in New York. It was, you know, 76 degrees. So perfect day to get outside, enjoy some beers. Uh, I, I went to pick up beers last week there on the weekend um, after getting back from uh, Screaming Hill, which I had mentioned the uh, back road ramble uh, in a previous segment. The place was packed. I couldn't find First of all, I couldn't find a parking spot. And then the line I- I- to get in was 30 deep. I haven't seen that since they opened. And kudos to them. That's great. I think that's awesome. I think it's great that, uh, you know, that business is good and, and you know, things are happening. Um, you know, but, you know, listen, they have a finite amount of, of space in there to brew beer. So eventually you're going to run out of stuff that you're making no matter what. And listen, they want their beer out there and, and, and drank fresh, right? Drunk fresh. So that's a good, that's a good thing. It's a good, it's a good problem to have. Let's put it that way. Um, so kudos to source. Now, uh, wrapping up this week's show, uh, my thanks to everybody involved in this program uh, or on this program. Um, I have no idea what's coming up for next week's show. I am scheduled to do an interview with one of the folks from Epic Brewery. Um, but since I'm taping this earlier in the week before I leave for San Diego, I have no idea if that's going to happen. So I'm sort of teasing it, crossing my fingers, hoping that an interview takes place. If it does, I will air it next week. If not, you are certainly going to hear a full recap of what went on in San Diego while I was out there for a couple of days uh, with uh, my best friend Mark. Uh, a quick trip. We went out on uh, on Thursday, and then uh, uh, we flew back on Monday. So, uh, you know, it was good stuff, and we had a great time. But uh, we'll recap all of that uh, on next week's program. Uh, again, my thanks to everybody who uh, works on this show. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. I will be back on the Joe Piscopo Show uh, this coming Wednesday. Uh, so uh, enjoy it, everyone. Enjoy the week. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.